0: Come on in to Margaret McSweeney's Kitchen for Kitchen Chat, where every week you'll meet chefs, cookbook authors, foodies, gourmets, and just plain people who love to eat. And along with laughter, chat, recipes, and stories about food, you'll sometimes also hear words of inspiration, love, and hope. As Margaret always says, Kitchen Chat is food for the senses and food for the soul. So grab a cup of coffee, put your feet up on a comfy chair, and get ready to spend a little time with Margaret and her friends.
1: Hello, dear foodie friends, and welcome to Kitchen Chat. I'm your host, Margaret McSweeney, and I'm so glad you're joining me here in the award-winning Viking and Locker New Showroom here with my co-host, Chef Jamie Lorita, who is also brand ambassador of Viking. And we are so excited about today's show. We are celebrating all things culinary in Chicago. And we are so honored to be featuring a very special guest who needs no introduction, the mayor of Chicago, Rahm Emanuel. Welcome to Kitchen Chat. Well, Thank
0: you for having me. Thank you.
2: I have to tell you, Mr. Mayor, this is an exciting day for us. We love our city, and mm-hmm. we love what you've done for our city. Mm-hmm. So having you here in our new Viking showroom is very special. Mm-hmm. And speaking of Chicago, you know, Chicago being a culinary destination, mm-hmm. that it is, um, let's talk about your integral role in, you know, what yeah. you've done to make Chicago this great food city. I ate. You <laughs> well, ate.
0: Every night, I had three meals a day. And then, no. So I didn't do anything. I Actually, go. all the credit goes to... Um, One, uh, the chefs and the creative artists that, uh, do that. And then two, we have a great town and community of foodies. Yeah, that's Uh, true. And I think what we, if I, if I did anything, it would be in bringing the James Beard and bringing a light, a notoriety, an attention, and then all the artists in Chicago Created, I think, uh, obviously the identity that last year Gourmet called Chicago yeah. the culinary capital of America. Exactly. Um, I think, and it continues. I think Jet Set just came out. It's an online publication. Ten places you have to see in uh, the world, and the number one was Chicago, and they rated. Ra- and one of the reasons was all the culinary uh, creativity that's going on. So that has led to an explosion of uh, restaurants and just the whole scene in Chicago. And i got to be honest, people, I used to think people would come in for theater or whatever. I did not know there was culinary travel. I, I, gotta, I had no idea, but now I'm claiming credit for inventing it. Yeah, uh, you should take credit for you know, that. Well, That's a thing that mayors do. We actually know how to do that.
2: When we see a parade, we get in front of it. Okay, I like that. Okay. I like that. So being a chef myself and knowing all of these amazing chefs, it's more of a... I would say it's more of a family, you know, and there's not a lot of sibling rivalry when it comes to the chefs here in Chicago. We all seem to support each other, and that's the one thing. When you go to a lot of these foodie events that happen in Chicago, I've seen you at so many of them, mm-hmm. and um, I think that the the difference in Chicago, all the way around, you know, I travel with lots of rock stars and celebrities, everybody from, you know, Madonna on down throughout the world, and every single time. No kidding, every single time an artist has come through Chicago, mm-hmm. they've said that the audience has cheered louder, um, the audiences have been better and has given them a lot more than any yeah. other city. What do you think that is? Well, you know, it's funny you say, so I
0: actually think our culinary people, like our theater, like our music, like other, there's a competitiveness, but there's a sense of community. Right. And it's okay to be competitive, but there is a sense. One of the great things about Chicago, it's a very big city with a small-town feel. hmm um, if you fail, there's people around to support you. You're out. You failed in New York on a restaurant. Right. You're dead. And there's no second act in New York. Chicago, there's a second act because there's, there are people help you get back up. Uh, and I think that's important. And I think that people, you know, being that second city and having that kind of rivalry with New York helps people when you, I'll give it in another art form, in music. Mm-hmm. You talk to artists who all perform at Lollapalooza. said so there's no better place or any of the clubs No better place to perform because of the energy of the public, the energy of the people, and there's a real sense. Uh, of that experience, uh, yeah. that's intimate,
2: and, and think, that's different. It's true, and I think that has a lot to do with the reason why I live here. I'm a transplant from New Jersey for many, many years. I've been in Chicago 25 I think I years lost now. I that accent. I know. I worked yeah. really, really so, hard at it, yeah. guys. I want to compliment we you. Want want all the talk you're you want to talk about it. You want to talk about it, Mayor? Yeah. I love the floral aspect of Chicago. When I tell <laughs> people about Chicago and coming to Chicago, two things they talk about: they talk about the lake being so blue. Mm-hmm. They don't expect that, and then how I'm, botanical we are. I'm going to tell you so. Uh,
0: when we had a NATO conference here, the NATO, it was the largest NATO gathering in the history of all of NATO. They had 62 heads of state, 62 foreign ministers, 62 defense ministers. We had it arranged through the FAA. I don't think I've ever told this story, but they flew into the city and we had it all come over the lake. Because when you say, oh, there's a lake, but until you see Lake Michigan, you don't really grasp the breadth of this. And so they could see the city. And first, this God-given gift called Lake Michigan, and then this man-made gift called Chicago Skyline. And they're adjacent to each other. And to the person, Chancellor Merkel, at that point, uh, Prime Minister uh, Cameron from England, uh, Prime Minister Root from uh, Netherlands, all told Obama that they were like in awe of the city. (laughs) And they were shocked. And both the lake and the skyline and what uh, this jewel that rises uh, up here in the prairie.
2: Yeah, and I'm glad it's a little bit of, uh, I don't know, sometimes it feels like a secret, right? These people come to Chicago. It's such a great big city, and yet people visit here, but the ones that haven't don't realize that. No, I mean, a lot of tourists
0: in the world is, you know, they're, New York and fly to L.A., right, Miami exactly. fly to uh, San Francisco, whatever. And when they do come, they uh, the good news is that they fall in love with them and bring other people with them. right?
1: Yes, and they enjoy the food. And one thing a lot of people might not realize, too, is that Chicago is considered one of the world's top urban farming yes. cities. And you have had a real impact in encouraging that. And it's so great that Chicagoans can raise bees, fish, chickens, and yeah, sorts of urban good- down the carpet. block
0: that do that. I'm like, no, I'm joking. <laughs> uh, yeah. But no, so yes. it's a, again, um, when I became mayor, uh, there were two acres of urban farmland. There was a, Erica's father, who has one of the bigger farms in the cities. Uh, they, Milwaukee actually had the best model. Oh. So we went up, took everything they did, replicated it. I think we're at 24 acres now. That's under uh, what's called Urban Farm. And we had the first, I don't think we're the last, but about four years ago, we had the first Urban Farm that got all organic and natural label from uh, USDA. Mm -hmm. And that uh, is a significant transformation. Then there's a lot of other companies that come to support Urban Farms, meaning if you're going to do, all types of things of growing fish. You're going to do winter kind of growing that, that you have to assemble things that are for that. That's really been helpful. And one of the things I've done with it, and this is with Eric, is we now have um, four retrofitted CTA buses that have designated routes that go in food deserts selling fresh fruits and vegetables. So they're mobile. Think of them as good humor trucks, but just for fresh fruits and vegetables in former food deserts. So people have access to uh, fresh fruits and vegetables that's organically grown in the city of Chicago. That's amazing. I love that.
1: And I loved your Twitter feed on that. I saw a picture of
0: you on one of the... Well, at least somebody's following that Twitter feed. I want to thank you for that. Uh, The other thing... Twitter's big uh, these days. Yeah, yeah. When I became uh, mayor, 450,000 people in the city lived in what was then called, or not then, still is, it called a food desert. And through Whole Foods in Englewoods, Mariano's in Bronzeville, uh, Jewel in Woodlawn, blah, 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 we've actually cut that down somewhere around 200,000 people, depending on how people data and I say compliment, we've put uh, farmers markets in places that never had it in schools we have now with uh, another member of the Musk family, 200 schools will have uh, growing learning farms they grow fresh fruits and vegetables at the school and kids learn about that access and then uh, what we've done with urban farms all kind of a comprehensive I think approach to make sure that Every family has access, you know, to fresh fruits and vegetables. So within a mile of our home in Ravenswood, there's seven grocery stores. Mm-hmm. There are people that have to travel uh, multiple miles to find a single grocery store. And I don't think that's right. And um, there's a lot of education that has to come with it. But uh, uh, the urban farms is part of that effort of reducing uh, food deserts in the city let alone the access to fresh fruits and vegetables.
2: And, Mayor, how do you feel about healthy eating? You seem like you have great skin, you've got clear eyes. That says, I, I dissect, I'm dissecting you as you speak. Oh, my God. I'm looking at you. How do you feel? How do you mm. eat as a person? Uh, well, um, I mean, you seem, to, you seem to be very passionate about. Uh, no, I will
0: say, well, first of all, I actually think eating is health care. You know, the six most costly illnesses are all things that we can control. Smoking, weight, diet, heart, blood pressure, etc. And if you change your diet, it doesn't solve all of them, but if you change your behavior, you can do that. So I I try to eat healthy. I'm very disciplined about eating healthy until I am not disciplined about eating healthy. So anyway, I in our backyard, we have a massive garden from like four different types of kale, three different types of kale, a lot of eggplant. You want eggplant? I got eggplant for you. I need uh, some eggplant. You want zucchini? Please, anything to stop. And then Amy's I'll take like, it. Uh, "Yeah." So anyway, but we. So I do try to eat very, very healthy. The exercise. Uh, I'm neurotic about exercise. I swim three times a week, a mile. Wow. Three times a week yoga, twice a week I do uh, aerobic, and three times a week I do weightlifting. Wow. So no, no, this a, it's a. No, no, it's not Wow, It's a it's sickness. A, it's an addiction. It's a sickness. Yeah, I
2: have a sickness, too, when it yeah. comes to food. So.
1: What's your favorite yoga pose?
0: No, I, well, pigeon. Because I used to pigeon dance ballet, person. and I'm very, I'm very uh, limber, and, so, um, uh, and that keeps it from getting arthritic. Yes, so. it's very important. we got gotten off of food. Let's get back to food. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So We're wandering through Rom's youth. And that's you had me idea. on ballet. Yeah, it's not a very good idea. Rob's youth is not a good idea.
1: Let's go on a restaurant tour here oh. in Chicago. So where would you go for breakfast?
0: There's, okay, uh, so my daughter was in, uh, the middle one was in the state, was working this summer here. We made a effort, we were going to try a number of different breakfast places for the best oatmeal place in the city. Ooh. And the uh, Bryn Cafe ah. is, in my view, it's about, I think it's like 2400 West Bryn Best oatmeal in the city of Chicago. What well, makes it
2: good? Tell me the difference they between do a ba- bad. They,
0: they, they bake it. It's not runny. I hate runny oatmeal. Right. Uh, fresh fruits and vegetables. Uh, fresh fruits, berries. You can and also do vegetables on it. No, no. No, you can't. You can. No. I'm going to show you. You can. It's not happening on mine. It. I'm doing no, no, it. Go. Do, do it on yours. You're not coming over I for are. rush or shot on dinner. Uh, so, uh, Bryn Mawr, on the other hand, if I was getting, uh, there's, so let me do it by meal. There's uh, Overeasy, which is a great breakfast okay. place. There's uh, Bacon and Eggs, always good for a Jewish kid, Bacon and Eggs, <laughs> telling the rabbi that. Uh, Br- Brimmar uh, is another uh, great place. I could also go to 10 great places for coffee. Then on, I'll go right to the evening because it's too much of okay. lunch is in and around uh, downtown. I, I think Parachute is a great restaurant. Oh, is, Parachute. Yeah. Sky, I did the opening for them. I think that's a great uh, restaurant. I think what's happening... In Pilsen is unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Without there's, I, I'm, i I would bash, uh, Pilsen's hot right I can't now. remember the Vietnamese restaurant. Jesus is it, Sky is it in Pilsen. So there's, I feel bad now that there's obviously other restaurants that are, and I'm, chefs that I've, uh, tried that I, I'm not gonna remember their name. And that's a horrible thing to do once you start that. Mm-hmm. But I would just say, I love fish. Mm -hmm. That's a anybody that can make uh, great fish. You're talking to me. Okay. Okay. (laughs) And then for as a Jewish home, you always do the Jewish meal on Sunday. Chinese. That's a mandatory. uh, It's so true. uh, uh, So so you always have to do that. Every Jewish meal on Sunday is Chinese or Thai. You definitely go over the Pacific. So anyway. So that I mean, I I love eating out.
1: Good. And do you ever splurge for dessert? And where is your favorite?
0: No, that's a problem, because. (laughs) I'm not allowed to get free meals; otherwise, it becomes an ethical issue uh, from an inspector general. So, all the people I go to always offer me desserts, and I try to take desserts off. And then, on the other hand, if somebody sticks chocolate in front of me, I'm like, "Okay." My problem is if you stick tiramisu in front of me, <laughs> I I love tiramisu. The other thing is, so my birthday comes right after thanksgiving by day i love pecan pie beyond uh that's a weakness and then anything dark chocolate
2: I like the real dark, so I like eighty-five percent, ninety percent dark, and I put it in my cabinet above, like where I think I can't reach it, but just where I can reach it, and usually around three o'clock. You know, in the there's morning, a doctor that can help you on this. Okay, <laughs> oh, please help me. Please help me.
0: you know, it's covered by Blue Cross and Blue Shield. <laughs> okay, it? yeah, yeah. Thank I, you don't have to worry about it. No,
2: I don't want to be healed. Okay. Because, um, what I do is I get up in the middle of the night. Really? Yeah. And I have not to after have a, a meal. No. Oh, well, that's wow. it's a it's a middle of the night thing. I'm weird. You would wake up and go back into the kitchen to get dark chocolate? Yes. And that's the only thing I do. I'll get up and why don't we switch this interview. We'll start asking some yeah. questions. There's a here lot to go. learn <laughs> here. There we go. We've got a lot to discover. You don't want to go
0: there. Don't, to. don't open this. Cabinet. I'm okay. so
1: curious. What is your favorite taste memory as a child? That's a great question.
0: OK, so when I was growing up, uh, my dad's from Israel two days after the 67 war, we went to Israel and we were there the whole summer of 67, the whole summer of 68, the whole summer of 69, 70, 71, and 73. So my formative childhood years are in Israel. And uh, I would say both taste and smell, because I'm not sure in tasting you can uh, separate it. And it's going through Jerusalem Mm -hmm. in the market and eating both falafel and the desserts that the Middle Eastern, Palestinian, and Israelis, and Arab and Israelis make. Mm -hmm. And that whole experience of a... If I could spend my whole life, it would be going through the Shuk in Middle East, Damascus, which I've been, Jerusalem, etc. I think that smell, that whole experience and the food there is that's the most memorable taste.
2: so right. I was just in Jerusalem uh, not too long ago, and I know that food smell you speak of. I am Italian, so I had that... It's a really interesting smell memory. You know, you have taste don't you memory. Think that, don't you think yeah. smell, oh, yeah. t- t- the smell of meatballs? Like yeah. my grandmother frying <laughs> meatballs in the morning would get me out of bed. Mm-hmm. You know, it would get me out of bed. She I didn't
0: knew. put it on a high shelf, so at the middle of the night that you had to get it or something like that. She was right? only
2: okay. four foot eight. <laughs> yeah. I love that you brought up taste memory and food memory. I mean, these are the things as a child, and this is why I think it's so important to inspire kids. I know there's lots of great organizations here in Chicago, like Common Threads is one of them, yeah. that, that inspires is children to learn how to cook, and I think that if you can inspire a, uh, a child and teach them about how important food is from an early age, they definitely would have uh, the chance to have a, a more, you know, impactful adulthood. Mm-hmm. So being the mayor of Chicago and talking about ingredients, what ingredients would you, you know? Leave behind, as the mayor doing an incredible job here in Chicago as far as I'm concerned, what ingredients would you leave behind for the next mayor that would be a recipe for success? You know, we have
0: a tradition. Every mayor leaves a little note for the next mayor in the drawer. Oh, really? It's actually true also about presidents. So I'll leave my note to my successor. Okay. It won't be the recipe part, but it will be to wish them well with this jewel And it is a jewel called Chicago. Mm -hmm. I've said this before about politics. i talked to my son a lot about it and and my daughters, but he's most interested in it. And part of success, but also part of effectiveness is if you're especially if you're a chief executive, you have to be idealistic enough to know why you're doing what you're doing and then ruthless enough to get it done. If you go back and look at history, it's not like Roosevelt was just a great leader. He was also a tough SOB yeah. that knew how to get what he needed done. Done. So that was true about Lincoln. It was true about um, Kennedy. And so I would say in the thick and thin and the to and froing, you've got to have a North Star that gives nourishment because you're going to get knocked down a lot. And you've got to know why you're doing what you're doing and what the purpose is of government and serving and public service. And then tough enough, I shouldn't say probably ruthless, but tough enough, And determined enough to see it through Hmm. and that's the route to success and if you don't know why you're doing what you're doing you're just gonna run around in circles and without a direction and if you're all you are is idealistic enough you're not gonna get anything done so that would be and then after that you'll have your agenda and that will be uh, uh, there's no kind of recipe for how do you do this versus how do you do that I used to say to uh, I once told President Clinton it was right. You know, I said that if we knew in the first year of the first term what we knew by the first year of the second term, we would be geniuses. Right. And the truth is, a mayor, like other chief executives, you have to have judgment, character, and the capacity to learn. Those are great ingredients. And if you don't have the capacity to learn, you never know. I learned a ton in this job. Of course. And if you don't have the capacity to learn, You're never going to be effective and successful. Mm -hmm. And if you don't have judgment, because nothing walks in, this is right and this is wrong. Mm -hmm. They don't need you for that. The computer can do that. They need you to look at this, weigh equities, look at it from different angles, and have a judgment call of what's right and what you can afford to do, what you can't afford to do, or only do a little on this. And that's judgment. And then the character to know what's right and the capacity when you make a mistake to learn from and to be honest with yourself.
2: I love that answer. Yeah. Thank you so much for that. That was brilliant. And I, and I, brilliant? I love I'm gonna, it. I'm going to give you... Can you have him call my wife? Yes. I have not... Yeah, she, yeah, just yeah, yeah, she, she just texted me. She texted me. She's not into she that. Said, she that,
0: ca- that. She said, <laughs> call, yeah. him,
2: call him brilliant. He'll actually, like that.
0: Actually, um, yeah, I have to actually make it home because tonight is our Sabbath dinner. Okay. And I, I need yes. to be uh, conscious of my time.
1: Absolutely. Okay. And I know charity is another important part yes. of your ingredient. And we wanted to recognize and acknowledge your oh. huge heart for charity. I'd like to to call up the CEO of Wings Rebecca mm-hmm. Dar mm-hmm. along with Darcy Bretts who is the director of corporate communications at Middleby as well as Mark Ron who's a group president at Oh Middleby. wow. So I know Rebecca has something very special to share. So Mayor Did you just
0: swing me you around like did I'm a, swing right me around. Around. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. So
1: yeah. <laughs> to look at me <laughs> when <anyway> you <laughs> to <not>. she <laughs> here. So, this is where your
2: worlds collide. Okay. So, the Wings Metro safe house that you helped me build, which we call your house, needed a stove, oven, went out about a month ago. Viking showed up with less than 24 hours with
1: said oven and stove. So, Chef Jamie has his own special chocolate chip cookie recipe. Mm -hmm. So, the children at your house, Wings Metro, baked you these cookies with love. Oh
0: my God, that is so thoughtful. Mm-hmm. So. All right, now you're getting me teary-eyed, so I'm not doing that. Okay. Kids, Come on. I told them that is my, and
1: what, and what and we and do. And yeah. right? So you can just say that and take it home if you want.
0: You Why would I share it with other people when I can have it? <laughs> no, <okay. laughs> that is, first of all.
1: Anyway,
0: the children really enjoyed it. That is so nice. Thank you very much. Thank you much. Thank you. and I
1: Love this. This I is so special. Your ingredient with
0: Well let me just say this. Um wings is one of the uh important things that I've done as mayor. I'll just leave it there. Otherwise I'll get teary eyed. I don't want to get teary eyed. Okay? Thank you.
1: Thank you so much, Mayor, for no, being. Grace, you can't have these On cookies. kitchen chat. And thank you, dear foodie friends, and thank you live studio audience for being part of the special celebration of All Things Culinary in Chicago. I hope you'll continue to tune in for the fun, and always remember to take a moment and savor the day.